This week's show is sponsored by ManCrates.com. Very simple sell for you. You're having a hard time coming up with a Father's Day gift for a significant other, for your dad, for your husband, for yourself that you got to put on a list. Go to ManCrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ManCrates.com slash Eric. You will find something for everyone there who's a guy. And they come in these big wooden crates with a crowbar that you got to open. They're awesome. From bar sets to knife sets to beer brewing sets to whiskey appreciation sets to hunting gifts to sports. Go to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It is 10 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. I got to tell you guys, though, I think I'm going to have to behold the healing power of and here because I asked earlier today, was it climate change propaganda or was it media ratings? This desire to name a subtropical storm. It's not a tropical storm, Alberto. It's not tropical. It was subtropical. Uh, and, and the media hype over the story, it was just, it, it's a, it's a storm. It's not a tropical storm. It wasn't a tropical depression. It wasn't a hurricane. It was a subtropical storm that, that came on shore, uh, and, and brought with it a lot of rain. And we've had a lot of rain before the storm even got here. Uh, and I think it's not an, or it's an, and, uh, it, it is climate change propaganda and it is, uh, the desire for media ratings, much like they've been naming these uh, winter stores. But uh, Kurt Mellish this morning told Scott Slade that um, we've had these subtropical storms uh, come on at this degree 14 times since 1950. Uh, so it's not like this is some sort of recent phenomenon uh, caused by climate change. But if you listen to the major media outlets out there, it's all climate change, climate change. It's all about the climate change. No, it's all about the media ratings uh, and needing to get people to watch uh, when, frankly, all you got to do is listen to Kurt Mellish here at WSB uh, to get your actual weather. In any event, welcome the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The president is in a Twitter war with the media over the North Korean summit and whether or not it could happen on June 12th. In the meantime, uh, essentially the chief of staff to Kim Jong-un, he's a four-star general from North Korea, uh, Kim somebody, um, and Kim is actually the last name, is here in the United States now. He went to New York from Beijing, flew from North Korea to Beijing to the United States. Uh, to have some closed-door private meetings with the United States to see if they can actually proceed. Uh, We've got details on that in the president's feud with the New York Times. Now, um, we need to get into this Twitter feud because the president is right on this. Uh, The media ran a story over the weekend. The president, let me set this up for you first. The president suggested on late on Friday that they could still do a summit with North Korea on June 12th. The New York Times then ran a story saying that a White House source had briefed the media on background saying it would be impossible to do a summit with North Korea on June 12th. The president then tweeted out in response to that New York Times story that this was a lie. There was no source at the White House saying it was impossible to do a summit at North Korea. This was fake news. At which point, members of the media, not just of the New York Times, pushed back saying, um, 
the president is calling the media a liar when it was the White House itself that arranged this briefing where the person said it was impossible. And then a reporter who writes for the Huffington Post and the New York Times posted the audio of the briefing. Now, I want to pause at this point because it is worth noting that this happened several times during the Obama administration where there were disagreements between how the press summarized a briefing and how the White House viewed the briefing. At no time did anyone in the press ever post the background briefing and identify the briefer. That never happened during the Obama administration, but it happened here. They posted the audio and they identified the background briefer. It is an escalation in the feud between the White House and the media that the media would agree to do a background briefing and then out the briefer when the president calls them out. And it turns out that the media was lying. The media lied. The reporters completely mischaracterized what the briefer said. What the briefer said is that it would be very difficult to do. He never said it was impossible to do. As someone else noted earlier, um, and I'm stealing it for myself and I don't remember who it was, so I apologize. But nonetheless, um, climbing Mount Everest is extremely difficult. Uh, climbing Mount Everest is not impossible. It's the same thing here. The background briefer said it would be, it's like, he said his exact words were uh, June 12th is 10 minutes from now. It would be extremely difficult to pull off. He didn't say it would be impossible. He said it would be extremely difficult to pull off. That does not mean it was impossible. Yet the media characterized that statement as impossible. And the president pushed back on Twitter and the media said, oh, no, he said it was impossible and he was your background briefer. The media got it wrong. They want to nitpick everything the president and his administration say, and they can't admit they were wrong. Look at the situation, and we'll get into this in depth later, uh, but look at the situation with this ACLU report on abuse of undocumented um, illegal alien unaccompanied minors. They are illegal aliens. They are minors. They are not accompanied by parents, uh, rounded up by the American government when they get to the United States and placed in a foster system. And we now know that a lot of these kids were abused. Some of them sold into human trafficking. And the media went nuts. Obama administration officials went nuts over the weekend about this story that look at this awful abuse that the Trump administration is doing. They're, they're doing this. How dare they? And it turned out that the story was from 2014. This was happening in the Obama administration. It wasn't happening in the Trump administration. When they did that, many of the reporters deleted their tweets, as did Obama administration officials, which raises the question, uh, is child abuse okay if it's useful to go after Donald Trump because they 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 memory hold the story once it turned out to be about Barack Obama I'm interested to know what's happening to help these kids to find these kids who were trafficked who were abused when they were put into the system designed by Barack Obama what happened to them but the media now doesn't want to talk about the story because it's not useful anymore this abuse is not useful because it can't be used to target President Trump and so much of the story has been obfuscated by the media and the left, but I repeat myself this weekend, over what happened with these kids and the missing kids. There are kids who are missing, 1,500 kids and missing in the program. And it's actually being completely misreported by the media 
what actually happened to those 1,500 kids. And all of this was designed to beat up the president. And once it became apparent that this was the Obama administration, the media ran from the story as fast as they could, many reporters deleting the tweets and, and other social media posts they had, highlighting the abuse and the missing kids. Which begs the question, do they really care about the kids or just scoring points against the president? Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this. Uh, and that would be Man Crate. So y'all listen, whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And for this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way to get a good gift for a guy. You can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. It is 525 here in the city. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Man, I had to be on CNN earlier today. Uh, totally forgot about it, by the way. I was proud of myself. I was able to uh, shower, shave, change, and hit the road and get to the studio. It took me t 14 minutes to do everything to, to get on the road because I totally forgot I was supposed to be on TV. I uh, was able to get there. And then on the way home, the rain over 75 was horrible. Uh, there were a couple of times there where I was doing no more than 15 miles an hour. It's like somebody was spraying the windshield with a high-pressure hose. There was so much water. Uh, crazy. And I didn't get a ton of coffee. And I couldn't have stopped at a Starbucks if I wanted to because, well, they closed today. And that brings me to... Worth noting, y'all, there are actually plenty of good coffee places around, and Starbucks is not one of them. Um, you've got the, the Chattahoochee Coffee Company on Acres Mill Road, uh, Rev Coffee up in um, Smyrna on Spring Road. That's where I usually go when I'm up at RTS taking classes. Uh, you've got, what, Octane, which is now uh, Revelator Coffee. Um, there are a number of those around there. Far better coffee. Than Starbucks, I want you to know. Uh, the, there's the Warhorse Coffee Joint. It's on Foster Street. Brash Coffee on Hal Mill Road. Uh, there's so much better coffee than Starbucks. And a buddy of mine is texting me the Dancing Goats Coffee Bar uh, at Ponce Market. I have no idea about these Dancing Goats. I've been to Aurora Coffee on Moreland Avenue as well. 
there are so many of these places. Oh, and Chrome Yellow. I, yeah, I've got a, uh, um, a New Yorker reporter who lives over in that area, and every time we've connected, we've gone to Chrome Yellow, which is probably a little more super hipstery. It is definitely more hipstery than than what I would prefer. But my goodness, folks, there are plenty of coffee places around that actually serve decent coffee. Uh, Starbucks is not decent coffee. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a fan and I go there, I've got a Starbucks card and I go there because sometimes I need the caffeine. Um, but it, and what's the other one? The, there's the, the thousand, what is it? Thousand Hills coffee. They've got one in Atlantic station. There's a Starbucks there to avoid it. Go to the thousand Hills one or whatever, far better coffee than Starbucks. And they're all little hipster joints filled with little, little emoting hipsters and skinny jeans and, and hating on Trump. That's the way coffee houses are but the coffee's far better than the Starbucks. You can get the hipster without all the pretension. It's 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. There's some breaking news at this moment. Eric Greitens, the governor of Missouri, has resigned uh, in the last few minutes. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say in the last few minutes, he announced he will resign from office on Friday at 5 p.m. Uh, Eric Greitens, the governor of Missouri, actually uh, wrote about him this morning, calling on the people of Missouri to impeach him. Uh, the story hasn't gotten a lot of national attention, and it hasn't gotten a lot of national attention on two sides. You know, this this fits the perf- the dynamic perfectly. Uh, across what we're seeing in the media. And I'll get to the Roseanne story, but with this news breaking, let me just um, share with you this. The national media has not covered the Eric Greitens story extensively, even though he's a Republican, because the prominent Republicans in Missouri are pursuing impeachment against him. The uh, A lot of the, the Trump supporters in Missouri have not tried to raise the profile of Eric Greitens because they're afraid that his impeachment could set precedence for Republicans to then impeach, uh, support the impeachment of President Trump. Uh, so both sides having reason to avoid covering it, uh, and yet uh, he's resigning because he was going to be impeached by the Missouri legislature. They were going to throw him out of office. Uh, and there are two aspects to his impeachment that you need to understand. And, and for those who are Trump supporters, this was my point in, in writing this morning at theresurgent.com, is that there's no precedent here for Republicans worried if they went through with the impeachment about President Trump because all the stuff that's come out about President Trump was all well known before the election uh, to the extent it was real. The Russia stuff is just made up uh, by the left. They can't acknowledge Hillary Clinton was a bad candidate, so they're claiming the Russians stole the election, which isn't true. Um, but all the other stuff, the Access Hollywood tape, all that stuff, that, that was all out before the election. With Greitens, this stuff has only come up in the last several months. Um, Greitens started a nonprofit called The Mission Continues. When he was running for governor, uh, Greitens got, gave the donor list to his campaign and they fundraised off the donor list. Well, the mission continues as a 501c3. It can't be engaged in politics. For Greitens to give it to his campaign is a violation of law. And he had his campaign manager, a guy named Danny Loeb, 
be the fall guy for it. And Danny Loeb said he did it and then under oath testified that it was actually Greitens and three other people from the campaign have testified under oath that Greitens is the one who secured the donor list, taking it from the from the nonprofit, which is theft, uh, taking it from the nonprofit and, and repurposing it for his campaign, which is illegal, and then forced them to lie about it under threats. But what started all of this was not that. That came out of the process of the situation about an affair. A hairdresser claims that she and Greitens had multiple encounters, even though he was married with kids. And let me just read you this from the uh, St. Louis Post. The woman told lawmakers that in March of 2015, as she tried to leave the basement of Greitens' St. Louis home, Greitens grabbed her in a bear hug, laid her on the floor, then he started fondling her, pulled out his, <clears throat> and insisted that she, <clears throat> and she cried uncontrollably, but knew the only way she was going to get out of there was to do what he wanted. She said Greitens uh, led her to the basement, taped her hands to pull-up rings, blindfolded her, spit water into her mouth, uh, ripped her clothes, and then took a picture of her while she was blindfolded, uh, threatening to make the photos public if she ever told anyone about the encounter and called her all sorts of awful names. Uh, when freed, she was forced to do this thing to Greitens so that she could get out of the basement. Uh, and he hit her and... This was after a period of, of consensuality, and then he became very abusive and then lied to the Missouri legislature about all of it and he then attacked members of the Missouri legislature who had uncovered this stuff. It was a really, really awful stuff. And on top of this, it comes out that he had actually misappropriated the donor list of his nonprofit, so he was going to be impeached, uh, deserved to be impeached. Uh, he was a, a liar and a sociopath. And needed to be ousted. So now breaking news here this evening, Eric Greitens, the governor of Missouri, has submitted his resignation to the Missouri legislature. He will be out Friday at 5 p.m. Good riddance. You know, I have several. I don't want to use their names. Um, one of them, many of you would know. Um, I have several friends who tried to raise warnings about Eric Greitens during the campaign uh, when he was running for governor. And they were, I mean, it, it, what they experienced was horrible. Uh, his campaign tried to cost them their jobs. One of them actually, uh, the Greitens people were successfully able to force this person out of a job. Uh, he wound up having to, to relocate his family to a different part of the country uh, because he was in politics. And Greitens destroyed his career. Um, and... It just, I mean, he, an awful, vindictive sociopath. And, and I, I, I don't use the word sociopath. I know it gets thrown around a lot with Trump and whatnot. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to use it lightly. Uh, this man was a, a predator, a sexual predator, and a sociopath. Uh, he abused, it, it appears now there's a, the Missouri legislature was investigating potentially another woman uh, who had similar stories. Now, on top of everything else, it was a terrible situation, and uh, it's good that monsters like this get exposed. And there were people who, I realize, had strong reservations about impeaching him, but the man needed to be gone. 
um, just a, a terrible, terrible person uh, and a, a mean and vindictive person on top of that who was willing to destroy other people's careers to prop himself up and protect himself. Uh, so good riddance. Uh, Friday can't come soon enough. Uh, now, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, wsb talk Yes, we do need to get into the Roseanne Barr situation. We also need to get into the immigration situation. There's a lot of misreporting out there on the immigration situation. I hope I can clarify the timeline for some of this stuff in your heads. It was Obama administration issues, not Trump administration issues. I'm a opposed to what Trump administration is proposing. Uh, we can talk about that, but uh, this is an Obama-era story the media wants you to believe is a Trump administration problem. It is 55 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. The, the misreported on immigration, the Roseanne Barr situation when we come back. But right now, listen to this, a little bit of this audio from CNN this morning. Uh, well, if I've got the audio routed, this is the teacher who responded to a letter from the White House by correcting the grammar in the letter. Can I change? <laughs> if the president you know, was writing in your class, what grade would you give him on his composition? I've been asked that, and, and it depends really on the class. I hate to give a grade because this is so incredibly public at this point, which is obviously an indicator of the silly season. But um, I really, if, if I were grading for that, um, which is mechanics, basically, I, I just don't see that I could give him over a D. I, I really don't. I so this woman got a letter from the White House. She's a retired teacher, and she marked it all up and put it on social media. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, down to such things as you didn't have one-inch margins garbage. They, they wanted to fit it all on one page. Uh, and some of her grammatical corrections were wrong. But CNN, with all that's going on in the world today, CNN decided that this was a newsworthy story, putting on this retired teacher. Um, over the weekend, they ran a story of two CNN reporters who were upset that Ivanka Trump had posted a picture of herself with her child because of, of the immigration situation. Uh, they said people are outraged. They only had two CNN reporters as evidence of the outrage. Is this really what CNN has become? That's disappointing. It's nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB-TALK. We need to talk about the Roseanne situation. Um, I see a lot of people trying to downplay what she said, what she tweeted. And what she tweeted was that if the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby, it would look like Valerie Jarrett. And I see a lot of people saying, well, this wasn't racist. She was just saying that Valerie Jarrett is ugly. Y'all, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or have multiple degrees from a university to know that for a hundred years or more, uh, comparing black people to apes has been a racist thing. 
it is something that racists have done forever and is something people are understandably sensitive to. Uh, whether she apologized or not, uh, Roseanne Barr, uh, her show is now canceled. And here's the thing. Um, I'm 42. I'll actually be 43 on Sunday. And I tweet things that enrage people all the time without even meaning to enrage them. I, I say some things that are provocative that I know are going to enrage people, although I don't intend for them to be enraged. I just know there are people who are going to be enraged by them. But many times, uh, more often than not now, I'm surprised by the thing I says that that triggers people, so to speak, and, and makes the these um, people just crazy. Um, I'm 42, though, and I... I'd like to think that by now in my career, I'm self-aware enough to know that if I've got a, a highly rated show with my name in it, that I should probably not be on Twitter comparing anyone to apes, let alone someone with a racial connotation. And Roseanne is 65. She's not a victim here, people. She's 65. She's not a victim. If she's 65 years old and has been in media as long as she has, and helms a, 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 an eponymous television show with great ratings on a network, and she has yet to figure out that you should not be on Twitter comparing people to apes to go after them for their looks. She doesn't deserve a TV show. My bigger problem with Roseanne is that people have been championing her because she's been perceived as a, a Trump fan and they want to declare her some sort of moral authority on the right or at least some some celebrity on the right. Uh, Roseanne has been decidedly of the alt-left for years. Let's not forget it was only a couple of years ago Roseanne was saying that people who eat at Chick-fil-A deserve to get cancer and die uh, because they're a bunch of, of homophobic bigots. There's a larger story here, though, that also needs to be addressed. Um, so, you know, Roseanne has a history of saying all these bat poop crazy things. Um, I mean, she really has a history of incendiary remarks about race, about ethnicities. She has a history of incendiary remarks about Christians, about um, uh, Christian organizations, about Republicans, about Democrats. Um, she is a fringe, nutty person. And she has said these outrageous and offensive things for years, as have people like Alec Baldwin and Keith Olbermann and Donald Trump. And the left has constantly given a pass to all of them until Donald Trump betrayed them and became a Republican. And suddenly everything he said is, is awful, crazy, terrible. How did we ever give this guy a pass? And same with Roseanne. Uh, if Roseanne did not brand her show as trying to cater to Trump voters then the left would still be okay with her today. That is a reality that a lot of people on the left don't seem to want to acknowledge, that uh, they're only upset with Roseanne, not because of what she said, because she has a history of these sorts of remarks. They're upset because she's not one of theirs anymore. They somehow have decided she's on the right. And I, I you know, I, gotta, I, I, I take strong exception to the idea that Roseanne's a conservative. She's not. Uh, Roseanne has never been a conservative. She doesn't identify as a conservative. She doesn't self-identify as a conservative. She's not a conservative. I, I happen to know something about conservatism. She's not one. Uh, she has catered towards Trump voters, um, but what her show has done is stereotyped Trump voters. 
She's made it safe for liberals to laugh at Trump supporters because she pretended to be one to get Trump supporters to watch so everyone could laugh. And what's what's happening here is take Tim Allen. Tim Allen, good guy, uh, center-right, who had a show that was canceled. It looks like they're now bringing it back because of the rating success of Roseanne. It has sparked some enthusiasm for, hey, maybe we should do shows that cater towards this point of view instead of doing completely socially liberal um, TV shows that are in the face of conservatives. And so they're thinking of bringing back out Tim Allen's show. This is going to set that sort of stuff back. And, you know, for the life of me, I really don't understand why conservatives, why Christians, why why any of these people on the center-right coalition and Christian evangelicals think they need celebrities, that somehow they are affirmed by having a celebrity. Um, hey, we've got Kevin Sorbo. You know, I, I, your ideas are what win things. Um, having a celebrity, the left has tons of celebrities and they've been losing. I don't know why we need celebrities. And yet Roseanne is someone to rally, but I, I see people today def- defending her saying, well, mo- calling someone an ape, calling a black person an ape isn't racist. Maybe it was a hundred years ago, but it's not now. Roseanne knew what she was doing. And many of you defending her did too. And that's the problem. She had no business having this TV show. And frankly, it it is a damning indictment on Hollywood and the television industry that they felt the need to bring back a TV show that has been gone for over two decades, maybe now to bring that back to resurrect instead of coming up with something new to try to cater to Trump supporters. It, 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 they, they couldn't go out and find one of the many conservatives out there who have good ideas. They had to bring an alt-left woman in uh, who has somehow, for some reason, connected with Donald Trump. I mean, for God's sakes, the other day, Louis Farrakhan was singing Donald Trump's praises. Do you, are we suddenly supposed to embrace him now, too? ABC shouldn't have done this to begin with. They've got egg on their face. Uh, I told you people, and I don't mean you people, really. Uh, I, I told the, the prominent people in Washington and in New York who were suddenly celebrating this. I was on CNN talking about this. You prop Roseanne up as some sort of voice of authority. You are going to get burned by her. I mean, all you have to do is go. I mean, just review her Twitter for the last year. I mean, review Roseanne's public statements for the past five years. This is not a stable person. Not only is she not a stable person, she is an unstable person with extremist views on many subjects who is prone to say outlandish and outrageous and offensive things. And y'all, I've said outlandish, outrageous and offensive things, and I've had to apologize for them. I have. But most of those things, they were a decade ago. And people still hold on to them, say, hey, you can't listen to this guy because 10 years ago he said this. I think I finally got to a point where I, I kind of understand what I should and shouldn't say and, and the, the things where I have to catch myself and say, wait, 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 this is crazy talk. She apparently doesn't have the voice in her head that regulates uh, the inner monologue. She apparently has no inner monologue. She just throws it all out there on Twitter and has ruined her TV show and uh, put a nail in her coffin career wise because of what she said. And I do not understand the people who feel the need to make her a, a martyr, to make her, uh, to claim what happened was unjustified, to compare it to other things. All you got to do is be a decent, you can disagree on politics. You can disagree on, on gay marriage. You can disagree on transgenderism. But in the history of this country, 
it is like like common sense 101 don't compare a black person to an ape that is racist and I don't care those of you who are calling in trying to say, that's not racist. Yes, it is. And if you don't know it is, maybe you should have gone to Starbucks today for some re-education because that's the sort of education you might need to know. You don't call black people in the United States of America apes because that's what the Klansmen did after the Civil War. It's bad. It's wrong. It's racist. And don't try to defend it. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this, uh, and that would be Man Crates. So y'all listen, whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And for this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way to get a good gift for a guy. You can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Planned Parenthood has been delivered a defeat at the Supreme Court today. Uh, a law in Kentucky, it's similar to one in Texas, um, that court stopped. Uh, this one in Kentucky is, says that um, if... Planned Parenthood wants to perform abortions uh, by giving women pills that induce abortion. Uh, they have to be affiliated with a medical practitioner uh, to be able to do that who has a hospital affiliation so that if something goes wrong, a, a woman could be very quickly admitted to a hospital uh, without delay. Uh, and the Supreme Court has said they're not going to review a, a, a circuit court that said that this law was okay. It had, it had been postponed by a district court. And then the, I think it was the Eighth Circuit said that this is perfectly acceptable, um, this law, uh, which makes sense. You know, it's, it's very interesting here to see Planned Parenthood arguing. It, well, it, it, the left, uh, when it comes to gun rights, um, we got to have all sorts of constraints and whatnot. But when it comes to abortion, none. Uh, and the same can be said for the left will say, well, the, you, you gun rights activists say that you want all these laws on abortion and none on guns. Except that uh, there are reasonable constraints on gun purchases in this country already. And, by the way, uh, guns are actually a constitutional um, are constitutional issue. You can actually find the right to keep and bear arms in the Constitution. You, you can't find the right to an abortion in the Constitution. It, it's um, made-up liberal activist judges, uh, not made-up judges, but, but made-up constitutional law. 
Um, and so the Supreme Court has, has slapped down Planned Parenthood today. They refused to take the case. Interestingly enough, I wonder if it might have something to do with a justice on the Supreme Court wanting to retire and have a person in place on the bench before something like this is decided. Hmm. Makes you wonder. Thirty-nine after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, let me give you just real quick. Uh, check out the radar. The the rain, thankfully, is the strong storms are on the west northwest side of the city. Uh, everything else now starting to thin out. Thankfully, um, some heavy stuff. Right in the peach, north of Peachtree City, going up to Union City, but it's starting to die down now as it gets darker here. But we're supposed to get another round of this stuff tomorrow, so uh, stick with us here. Let me now uh, explain this immigration situation to you. There are three separate stories. Story number one is the release of an ACLU report uh, that showed all sorts of abuse of um, illegal alien kids, many of them unaccompanied minors, kids who came here by themselves, uh, who were taken into government custody, placed in foster homes, some of whom were trafficked, some of whom sold into trafficking, uh, and others sexually abused. This is why, actually, I am opposed to President Trump's plan to place, um, separate children from parents uh, of illegal aliens. But uh, Barack Obama did it, too, and there was no outrage over it. There's outrage over it now. Uh, to be fair, one of the main reasons Barack Obama's administration separated kids from parents is because they were worried that kids were coming here were kidnapped. Uh, they weren't actually with their parents, and they wanted to determine if that was the case. But that wasn't the only reason why. And uh, some unaccompanied kids who didn't have parents with them were put in terrible, awful, tragic, abusive situations. That's story number one. Story number two is that during the Obama administration, uh, 1,500 kids were lost. Uh, the, the government doesn't know where these 1,500 kids wound up. Now, that is such a misleading story. The reason that the government lost these 1,500 kids is because they were placed with sponsor families, the overwhelming majority of which were actual natural family relations, blood relations. And it is a self-reporting situation. And being a self-reporting situation, uh, the families didn't report to ICE once the kids were in their custody. And so ICE doesn't know what's happened to the kids. But they're all families, um, by and large, overwhelmingly. They, they were. The, 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 the very small percentage that weren't, that is problematic. Um, and we do know about the abuse from the unaccompanied minors. And, and so together, that's a bad story. These were Barack Obama-era stories. This is not something Donald Trump did, which leads me to the third story. What Donald Trump does want to do is normalize the process of separating kids from parents at the border if they're illegal aliens uh, as a deterrent uh, for the families, knowing if you're coming here, your kids are getting taken away from you. I have a moral problem with this. I have a moral problem with illegal immigration, but I have a real moral problem with separating kids 
from their parents. And I think if you're pro-life and outraged at having a child torn from his mother's womb, you should be outraged at having a child torn from his mother's arms. And if you're saying that this is solely as a deterrent, so it's justified, why not kill the kids? I mean, I mean that largely sarcastically, but why not kill the kids? If you're saying, well, this is okay because it's a deterrent, you know what would be a greater deterrent? Tell them the kids are going to die if you bring your kids here. I mean, if we're just quibbling over over how immoral we're going to be, let's go full out. I mean, a little bit of sin is still sin. Let's just, let's just go full all in and do a complete deterrent. If you're bringing your kids here, they're going to die. See, none of you think that's a good idea, and those of you who do probably need mental help. But why then are we taking kids from their parents? There are other ways to deter the situation, and there's something else we can do. Um, Y'all... We could build the wall. Now, I know on the left that's unpopular to say, but we could build the wall. We could crowdsource it. I've written about this before. Donald Trump got, what, 62 million people supporting him? If they each gave $100, we get billions of dollars. He had 62 million, let's see, times 10, that's 600, so it's $6 billion to build the wall. If everybody who voted for the president did that, and I'm sure there might be others, and I'm sure some of those who who, who gave him a hundred, they, they would give a thousand to build the wall, build the wall. It is a moral approach to this situation. You know, there's another way to deal with this as well. You can actually try to fix the problems in Mexico and Central America. You know, there there's a... a massive civil war in Mexico. The, the American media doesn't pay attention to it, but the whole country is broken. We could fix that situation. We could use actually our military and our foreign aid and help fix that situation to improve the situation in Mexico enough that people don't feel the need to flee that hellhole and come here and potentially have their kids separated from them because even having their kids separated from them, they know their kids will be coming to a better place. We could actually do something and we should. It is actually, I would argue, a national security issue for the United States of America. We could fix the situation down there. We could engage and help them. But we're probably not because the president and many of his supporters are very vocally against foreign aid. So at least build a wall. But I think we're going to have a long-term problem with or without a wall unless we help rectify the situation. It's going to become a national security issue. We already have Mexican gang and drug cartel violence spilling over into this country. We already have border agents of this country dying, which we could potentially still have with a wall situation. We have Mexican drug cartels flying planes into our airspace. We actually need to aggressively not just defend our borders, but reinstall the Monroe Doctrine and work on Central and South America because you know who is? China. I'm discovering that the pay gap is becoming religious dogma um, to blame for things. You know, it used to be that on the left, you could blame everything on climate change. For a while there, there were even stories that suggested you could blame gun violence and school shootings on climate change. 
it, now it seems more and more that um, it is the pay gap that is to blame for things. There, There's a story out that um, because of the pay gap, because of, of income inequality, uh, women now have more student loans than men. Uh, do you know what the real reason is? It, it, it's not really the pay gap per se. It's that uh, women often get degrees and then go into career fields that typically don't pay as much as the career fields of men. Um, when they go into comparable career fields, they get paid comparably. But if you're going to a private university and incurring $100,000 in debt and then you're going to be a public school teacher, uh, you probably are going to have a, a much higher loan debt burden than someone who goes, I don't know, becomes an accountant or something. Um, it's it, That's kind of common sense. But we're not allowed to have common sense anymore because there's a religious fundamentalism on the left these days. There really is, actually. I mean, when you think about it, all, all the, the religious doctrines and dogma of, of secularism these days, and if you don't believe them, uh, we, we, we don't burn people at the stake anymore for being heretics, uh, but on the left, you, you lose your job. This is not a Roseanne situation, no. Um, this is a, a um, what's it, Brandon Ike from Mozilla who gave money for Proposition 8 in California because he's Mormon and supports traditional marriage, had to be run out of town. Whatever happened to that guy? or James Damore from Google, for that matter. Um, and there are people in the media who have lost their jobs for just merely saying things that contradict left-wing orthodoxy. Roseanne wasn't one of those. Uh, Roseanne's an, an insane person who said something racist. That's why she lost her job, and not one of those things where you're having to redefine racism to claim it's racist. It actually was. Uh, no reason to defend her, and she was never a conservative to begin with.